Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, Episode 90. My name is Josh, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Ezra. Ezra, now, I probably I should have gotten your name before we started. Is it Weiss? Yep, you got it right, perfect. Josh. You did it perfect. Look at that. My German's paying off. Yep. That whole that whole semester I took, it's it's all coming together now. Yes, I have a Z in my name, and some people go Weiss or Weitz, but there's no T. The Z is silent. We just go with a double S sound like Weiss, and it's Hungarian in origin. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So now, Ezra, um, just to give everybody a little bit of a background, you are a voice actor and voice director. That is right. Although, if we're going to be putting it in order, my career over the past, I would say, five years or so has shifted to being voice director and voice actor. Ah, okay. Okay. And we're, we're actually going to talk about that here in just a few. But first off, I was catching your stream that you did on Instagram uh, about 30 or so minutes ago. Yeah. And I've, I've got to say one thing. Out of all of the voice actors and celebrities that I've seen and watched and talked with over you know my time, you're probably the most involved with your fans that I have ever seen. Really? Yes. Like, you are on top of it. And I think that is incredibly cool. I love to be engaging with all of these wonderful people. I don't like to use the term fans personally because it makes me feel weird because I wouldn't <laughs> like to think of them as fans. I like to think that we're all like really all enthusiastic on similar stuff. I love that they are so passionate about certain projects that I have worked on or I'm currently working on and whenever I feel someone is enthusiastic about something it gives me a lot of great energy and feelings positive feelings to connect and celebrate with them so I don't you know a lot of people are missing out because or maybe you know what Josh maybe it's just the people that um, are fans of some of these these projects that I work on just happen to be the right kind of people. They're all sweet. They're all really caring. I mean, every now and then you see some viciousness that comes out, but with a little bit of communication and understanding, everything gets worked out. I agree. That that is a really good. That's a really good point. Yeah, but I love it. I really enjoy it. You know, I kind of sometimes get in trouble with my family. <laughs> They're like, "All right, get off of the." phone get off of you know the instagram or on facebook or whatever get off of youtube um come on spend time with us i'm like okay i love my family so much josh i really do um but they know like right now they know that this is important to me to have this interview with you um so they're like all right well go do that and then come back and hang out with us afterwards that's awesome. That's yeah, and you got a good family. So let's let's talk real quick. So Ezra, just tell us a little bit about yourself. So we know we've got uh, you know family. You've got two kids. Yeah. Um. So tell us a little bit about what like who 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 is Ezra? Oh, who is Ezra? Well, we're gonna deep dive. A deep dive, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> who is Ezra? I have I've I am I've always been an entertainer, Josh. I'm the youngest one in my family. I'm the youngest one of my siblings, but I'm also the youngest cousin, the youngest nephew, the youngest grandchild. Oh, so it's like I fall into, fall into being like the overall baby everywhere. And I did receive 
a gracious amount of attention growing up, and I continue to because people are always telling me, you know, oh, Ezra, you'll always be the baby, no matter how old I get. <laughs> so on one hand, I, I've never felt like that has been an insult. I've always enjoyed that level of affection and attention that I have received from my family. It's a tremendous gift. Um, but I also have been like that. Let me entertain people. Let me, uh, if there's, you know, if mom and dad are upset, maybe I can make them feel better. If my brothers are upset, maybe I can just hang out and make them feel better. Um, I, I had to be cool. I had to entertain them. I had to be funny. I had to be a little bit more mature than I was. So I've always been responsible. Um, I think who is Ezra? Ezra's always been a little bit of a leader. And these are the words that I've received from teachers growing up and mentors. Like, you know, you have really strong leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. And if I was not in the profession doing the things that I'm doing, I would have probably fallen into doing maybe some work like within the clergy as a rabbi or something. Because I like to get in front of people. Um, I like to be vulnerable and I like to empower. Um, I like to bring people together. And all that kind of stuff falls under the realm of like, you know, being a leader and certainly in my community with, with my beliefs as, as being a, a rabbi. The only thing is, is I am in no way knowledgeable nor interested in learning more about the Bible. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, that's kind of subject. If we're talking about subject matter, give me theater. And I will devour it. I want to study more. If you want to, you know, give me something, give me the human nature to study, right? How people work with one another, what we learn from being people. But I'm not interested in theology. I, like I was not interested in law. Like I wasn't interested even so much in, in history. But theater, theater had always been a driving point for me. So who is Ezra? Ezra's always been like an actor, um, I'm, I'm someone who can't sit still working on a project. I need to use my body to do it, and I need to express it in a creative and entertaining way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Now, when did you – so you've always been artistically inclined, we'll say. Yeah. When did, when did it snap for you that you wanted to be an actor? Like this is what you wanted to do. Um, I think it was uh, freshman year of high school when I went to a real high school. Um a real high school, meaning like it wasn't a small private um, Hebrew school. Um, this was a big college preparatory secular school with lots of people and lots of different uh, cultures all coming together. And uh, I was sort of outspoken and I definitely stuck out as um, someone who wasn't shy to meet friends and introduce myself. Uh, embarrassing story, Josh. It, as freshman year, as a new student, I would go around, and I know that my name Ezra is kind of weird. It was not common then at all. So, mm -hmm. you know, and it's also a Hebrew name. So I didn't know if people would be like, you know, what, what kind of nickname could I give myself that would be a little bit more secular, a little more bland. So I would go up and I'd be like, hi, my name is Ezra, but you can call me Easy, thinking my first two <laughs> letters would work fine not realizing that it would make me sound like I was easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was a really embarrassing way, kind of nerdy way to introduce myself to people until people were like, we'll just call you Ezra. That That's just fine. Ezra's just fine. That uh, is a fantastic story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Uh, hi, my name's Ezra. You can call me Easy. Uh, no, thank you. Um, anyway, it was it was when I got involved um, hosting freshman year for like the the uh, winter um, talent show. I was their host, and I just loved being in front of strangers and winning them winning them over by my uh, abilities to you know hold an audience to connect with them, make them laugh. Mm -hmm keep the program moving. So I really love that MC vibe. And then I continued doing that with uh, the spring production. I got involved in my very first one act with a script and a highlighter and writing down blocking and rehearsals and rehearsals. And I loved it. And it gave me so much energy. And it made me have these great friendships and relationships with the people I was rehearsing with. So it was really there my freshman year of high school. I kind of found it. Prior to that, Josh, I was always willing to perform in, you know, whatever little song festivals I had at my school or whatever little skits mm -hmm. we would do for people. When I was in fifth grade, I had two of my best friends, one named David, the other one's named Matthew. And I wanted all of us to put together a song parody group, like kind of like Weird Al Yankovic. Yes. It was the music of this Jewish parody artist. His name is Alan Sherman. And if you're familiar with the very early animated versions of Cat in the Hat, the voice of the Cat in the Hat is voiced by the comedian and musical artist Alan Sherman. And okay. I had some of his records, and they were spoofs of these very famous songs like Green Sleeves and you know, the Mexican Hat Dance, and they were all really silly songs. And I loved them because they were funny and they were musical, and I wanted to do them as performances during lunch for the rest of the students. So I did. I went and I got t-shirts made with iron-on letters that said Kabubnesses because it was the name of our group that I came up with. And the three of us, we would rehearse and sing. And then during lunchtime, we would perform for the students and the teachers. And they loved us, obviously. You know, what's not to love? We were stupid. So, um, <laughs> so that was like the really first step out of initiating and directing and being creative and following through with the creative vision to actually produce something. Um, that was the very, very start of it all, Josh. And I've never shared that story. Oh, really? I'm really glad that you asked that dive deep question. <laughs> who is Ezra at his core? Ezra is that fifth grader who got excited to want to perform for other people and took the thing that he was, you know, found funny and found entertaining and recreated it in the best way that he could and actually did it. And I've been doing that ever since. That's awesome. Man, you're just sharing all the stories with us yeah. today. I've been so, looking forward to our interview. What can I tell you? <laughs> oh, me too, for sure. So when did... Um, well, actually, let's just go. Let's just uh, go into it. Like, how did you get into voice acting? I got into voice acting um, right when I got out of college. I went to um, a uni uh, um, not university. I went to a college called California Institute of the Arts, and that's here in California where I live now. Um, and I was very active in the theater department. And when I graduated, I stayed active with the other theater communities that spawned from that school, which was a uh, Shakespeare, outdoor Shakespeare festival. And they would also do other plays. And it was a free summer festival, you know, for families that were in the area. Mm -hmm. And I was performing there. 
and uh, it was a play, a very little-known play. It's called Bullshot Crummond, and it basically takes place during World War One. and I was playing a German, and not only was I playing a German, but I did several other characters, and they all had very silly voices during the entire time, um, and I had to change from character to character many times. There were four actors, or no, there were five actors, but we played something like 28 parts. Oh, geez. Um, but in the audience, in the audience was an audio producer for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the Saban Show. And mm -hmm. afterwards, he came up to me because he was there with his family. He said, wow, you were really funny. I enjoyed your performance. You had some really great voices and such strength behind your voice. Would you like to come in and do some voices for Power Rangers? And I said, yes. And that was the start of everything. Voice so, related, that was it. That was So so you and Bryce both kind of got your start with Power Rangers. Well, yes. Bryce's father, Bob Pappenbrook of Blessed Memory, he was already working that angle. He was a established voiceover actor and Bryce was a little boy and whenever little boys voices were needed, young boys, Bryce fit the bill because he was going to work with his dad and his dad could coach him and tell him how to do things and Bryce is so good. He, even at that young, young age, he was able to do it. Nice, yeah. Because like I was looking at your, um, I was looking at your uh, credentials and everything, like your resume, and I was like, man, there's a lot of Power Rangers and like Beetleborgs and VR Troopers and yep. everything. I was like, I grew up with these, and <laughs> so I know I would have heard you before, but I just had no idea. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I I know some of these episodes. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, I would do them and then, you know, I would never really even get to hear them or watch them because they would play at like 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. 3 o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. And I would still be at my work and, you know, we didn't have DVRs then and I would try to use a cassette recorder, VHS, but, eh, you know. And then I'd be like, oh, wait, let me go and buy the collect, you know, the entire series so I could catch my episode and maybe put it on a demo reel or something. But yeah, I loved I loved doing all that stuff. It was so creative and impromptu at times. Really lots of fun. Nice. So when did you uh when did you start getting in so wow, that was a whole bundle of words there. Yep. Um, you got them all so, I think I know where you're going. So I was doing voiceover work solely for I would say something like um eight years or so. And mm -hmm. just, you know, making my rounds by working at Bang Zoom and working with Saban and working at other smaller independent places and with independent projects at little studios. And I was doing that more and more. And then I found myself at this one particular studio that at the time was called Media Concepts. Media Concepts eventually changed its name to like Global Media Concepts and whatever. They just went through different names. But they would be taking different foreign movies and foreign series and anime series and you know, they would they would be doing the work that like you know Funimation does, Bang Zoom does um, and I was an actor for them they got this one project Josh and it's called Tequila and Benetti and Tequila okay. and Benetti was an old a show not an old show but it was a show that was done in Italy with an English voice uh, an English soap opera star as the lead. He was Italian, and he got work in Italy, so he was doing it. Everyone else in the cast was Italian. 
And the premise was it was like a detective show, like Murder, She Wrote. Okay. Um, and the detective, his name was Benetti, and his sidekick was a big St. Bernard dog called Tequila. <laughs> and, of course, the audience could hear Tequila because there was the voice of an actor who would voice Tequila, but nobody else could hear Tequila, not even his partner, Benetti. It was like Lassie, if Lassie was able to actually speak to the audience okay. using words. Um, so I was asked to direct that series, having had no experience whatsoever in voiceover directing. However, I was directing theater and improv shows and sketch comedy shows. I was performing in sketch comedy. I was performing improv. I was doing voiceover work. So, you know, I was like, I don't know if I know how to direct a voiceover series and the guy there said yeah no worries don't worry you'll figure it out it's no piece of cake it's so easy you'll see you'll see and he was just saying that to get me to say yes to the project so I did say yes to the project which of course I'm glad I did it was very 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 stressful and it was very very difficult and I did a very good job because it was mainly about how can Ezra manage the personalities of the cast and that's what he really needed somebody there for. More than anything, he needed someone to manage the personalities of the cast so mm -hmm. uh, that they would continue to come and finish the work and finish through their contract. So I totally did it. Did it really well. They were very, very pleased with not only my performance but the outcome of the project. And then they gave me another show, and that was anime-related. And it was a show called Ultramaniac. And then there was another anime show that I did there that was called Bottle Fairies. And there was another show that I did there called uh, A Little Fairy Named Sugar. Um, so, you know, that's where I really started to make that transition from voiceover actor only to voiceover actor and voiceover director. Huh. So I take it... All of that work, like doing all the theater projects and everything, really helped you find your voice and what you were wanting to do directing-wise with these. Because it's a completely different setting, being having people on stage working with and then having people in the booth. Yeah. So was that a challenge for you from going like from the stage to the booth? It was not so much a challenge. It's it was just a matter of it was just a matter of rearranging a little bit of how you are going to communicate to people. Um, okay. You know, because you can't tell people to do things physically for timing to get a joke. You had to tell people how they would be able to sell that performance um, with their voice and, of course, the image that's there. Um, and not just for comedy, for drama as well, for just the regular exposition scenes where we need to relay dialogue back and forth you know you need to make sure you're getting the point across moving the story forward um, and and it's all pretty much the same but completely different <laughs> it is completely different you know you're just dealing with and and by the way you know when you're dealing with theater you pretty much have people there working with you if it's not the scene partner or all of the masses that are there in the play, if it's even a solo show, 
When you're working on a solo show, there is an engagement between the, an energy between the director and the performer. And when we do voiceover work, we're already at a disadvantage. There's a big plexi wall of glass between us. They're in a soundproof booth. You have to sort of find a way to communicate only sometimes in the headsets because maybe you can't even see them. You're in a different room. Or like I had to do most recently, I was working with an actor that was all the way in Brazil and I was on Skype ah. and I, I couldn't even see them at all because the camera was facing the video so I could see how lip sync would work. Oh, man. So you got to like figure out, put yourself in a place where you can connect most efficiently and productively. How can I connect to you, Josh, so that you know the adjustments that I want you to make with your performance? Because you start off with one take, and then I need you to realign it somehow. I need you to give me a different version, or I need you to come closer to the version I know it needs to be. And I don't want you to just copy me and say, do it like this. I have to sort of guide your performance towards that direction. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like what we're doing right here, right? How, yeah. You and I are feeling a connection with each other just with our conversation. Um, and it's different than if we would be able to see each other on our Skype cameras, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, uh, I like all ways of communicating. I wish I also was uh, fluent in sign language because that would just increase my abilities to com you know to connect and communicate with more people yeah i mean i i've only been in the booth one time and that was to just do like my demo but i know i had um amber amberly connors is the one who uh, helped me with my demo right and she was giving me really good direction and everything like that but that was just for you know one little demo we didn't have to do lip flaps any sort of other matching like that so i can't even imagine what it's like in an actual recording type situation right yeah it's so much fun josh i hope one day i get to direct you just so you can feel that <laughs> give and take we would have because i never ever want someone to feel when they're in the booth i never want them to feel like they are frustrating or they're frustrated or they're doing it incorrectly or they're lose self-esteem it's always the opposite i want everybody to feel like you know their contribution matters because it does but a lot of people take that for granted they're like of course your contribution matters get in here and do your job and leave it's like no your contribution matters i appreciate you for what you've done that was awesome high fives and hugs and I can't wait to work with you again and do that experience again with you. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I yeah, that would that would be fantastic. Yeah, I love I love to do the work that I do. Today I worked with two very very young voiceover artists cuz I needed I needed young voices for real. I have kids in this one show that I'm working on and uh, and one it was her very first time working. And she was so hyped up when it was done, Josh. She was like, wow, that was great. She didn't want to leave. She didn't want to get paid. She just wanted to keep staying there and doing it. You know what I mean? It was like it, that is the excitement I want even the most experienced person to have. Obviously not to that level or newness, but to feel like, you know what? I do this job all day long in and out of different booths. But when I was with you, 
I felt like it was fun. It was different. It was, you know, enjoyable. Because it is. It's, it's fun for me to be in the position that I am in. And I think it's amazing to watch the other voiceover actors in the booth do what they do best. Nice. So let's just let's just kind of transition from there. Yeah. So you were just working on something today. Now you just finished up season two of a part one or part one of a season two. Yeah. Of something. Yeah. So I guess let's go ahead and go straight into Miraculous Ladybug season two. Let's talk about Miraculous. Let's okay. Do it. So. Uh, let's just go ahead and throw the spoiler warning out there, so that way, if we spoil anything, you're, everyone is fully prepared. Yeah. So, let's just go straight into it. That's right. We so, going- why did you introduce, no, I'm just kidding, you didn't introduce anybody. Uh-huh. Um, so, when you have to do, like, when they have to bring in a new character, like, say when they brought in, um, Trix, did you have any, anything to do with the casting? I know you were the voice director. Did, yeah. did you have any say with the casting director on who was going to play uh, these new characters? Uh, when it comes to the casting director in Miraculous Ladybug, I am that person. The okay. only person who, we when we started working on Miraculous, um, they were casting and they, the, they needed approval for the voices of uh, Marinette Ladybug and Adrian Cat Noir. We also needed to have approval of Hawk Moth. Mm-hmm. We also needed to have approval of uh, Plague and Tiki. And then when we submitted all of those voices, for because we got multiple, multiple people to you know send in auditions, and there were several rounds of auditions. Um, we had so many different amazing voice actors that were auditioning for those parts that when they were listening to all of those, they said, oh, this is the perfect voice for me, Len. This is the perfect voice for Nino. This is the perfect voice for Chloe. This is the perfect voice for Max. This is the perfect, you know what I mean? They just went all the way mm-hmm. down the list and all those people that auditioned from their auditions, they just got placed. Now, since then, since our first episode, I have been doing all of the additional casting. So in terms of all the new characters like Kagomi and Luca and Trix, um, and then you know there's some other characters that we have not met yet, and then there's yeah. some other characters that we have so far met, like uh, the ice cream seller um, or uh, things like Nadia Shamak, uh, the newscaster Nadia Shamak who turned mm-hmm. prime queen this this season, um, those were all cast by me. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's really cool. Like, I didn't know that you would have that type of, you know, say in everything. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. Well, that, like, they're giving you a lot of responsibility there. Yes, I, and I take it, I take it uh, with, you know, great care because I know – that the Miraculars, all the fans of Miraculous Ladybug, I know that the Miraculars are are scrutinizing over everything. And I knew this one character that has been so highly anticipated, character named Luca, I knew that everybody was so eager not only to see his beautiful character design, but they wanted to have a voice that would be sort of well-suited to his appearance. And I knew that I wanted to have a young actor because he's a young character. And I also knew that I wanted to have Luca to have 
a singing voice because he's a musician and if he ever needs to sing because remember we had the Christmas episodes where we had some singing uh, yeah. I wanted to make sure that the actor would be able to sing and with all of that criteria I found um, through, you know through connections and going to different workshops and meeting with people I found this very talented actor named Andrew Russell and um, and have worked with him on smaller projects. And then when this came around for Luca, I'm like, I think he'd be right. But what a lot of people don't realize about Andrew is he was also in the touring company of Jersey Boys. And I'm really, oh, this guy is perfect. He's a musician and a singer, and he's a performer from the stage, and he's, you know, a very serious actor and a very good voiceover actor. So it was really nice to be able to put all of that together. Um, and I feel like it was really good casting on my part. I feel like I did a nice job with that. Um, but here's what I get. They give me the scripts that are completed, and then they give me the video. And then from there, they're like, send it to us now with the English voices in there. And then when we have a new character, I'm like, well, I got to get a new character. So I really do spend time and a lot of care to find the right voices for the casting. Have you had to recast anybody? Uh, good question. Let me think real fast. There was, yes. Okay, so there was one time, there was one time um, I wanted to use this one voiceover actor who is near and dear to me. And uh, I said, you know what? The next episode we get, the next time I see a script, I'm sure I can put you in there. And then I saw the name of the character, and I said, oh, you know what? You have this part. I'll call you in for it. And she was like, great. Well, then I saw the episode, Josh. And I saw what the character looked like. And I saw, like, the, the mood and, and the feeling behind it. And I'm like, this friend of mine who's, I'm telling you, like, so, so skilled and has such incredible credits as a voiceover actor. I'm like, mm -hmm. she's not the right match. And it, it would not serve the show right. So I had to call her and I had to say, I'm sorry, I told you, I promised that you would be in this next batch. I just don't think it's right for you. I'm going to have to cancel your session because she was booked and ready to come in. And I called her on a Friday and she was supposed to come in on our Monday morning. And I said, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'll have to do find you another thing at another time. It's just not right. And she was so cool about it. Because she's That's like, a, I get it, I get it, thanks so much. I said, I feel really terrible. She's like, can I just show up to the session anyway and make you feel real uncomfortable for firing <laughs> me? I'm like, of course you can, and I'm so sorry, but I will find you something else, but it's got to be the right thing for you. That's Oh, that, that's really cool that she understood. Yeah. Because, yeah, I was, so I was uh, watching season two, and I was thinking, I wonder if they got everybody to be in. Because I, I noticed that uh, uh, Todd Habercorn came back, Mercer came back. It's so like all these people that had done like, you know, little bit roles in season one. Well, I guess Todd was more of a role in season one. Had done these roles in season one, came back for season two. Yeah. And so that that's what got me thinking about this question. So I wrote it down when I was watching. I was like, I'm going to have to ask Ezra that yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, um, you know, to, um, let's talk about Matt Mercer, who's amazing, obviously. Uh, Matt Mercer was working on another uh Zag Animation project at the time where he was voicing one of the leads. The show is called Zack Storm and it's also on Netflix and he plays a character um, by the name of Golden Bones 
and hmm. he's really very good. And he was in the booth, and we were working with him, and then we got Ladybug scripts come in, and then there was this character that just said photographer. That's it, just said photographer. And I said, oh, you know what, Matt, you're here. Well, of course, we will obviously compensate you for a different session, um, but would you mind playing the part of the photographer while you're here? And he was like, okay, sure, that sounds fun. So he did the photographer part, and now the photographer keeps coming back every now and then, and I yeah. get to see you know, Matt come into the booth, and we're still waiting for maybe season two of Zack Storm, and we get to do more Golden Bones. But if anybody is listening and they have not seen Zack Storm, and they are fans of Miraculous Ladybug, I really encourage them taking a look at that series. It's so much fun. You're giving me a lot of stuff to to find now. So I've got Zack Storm, I've got Tequila and Benetti on here. <laughs> I don't. So. I don't know if you'll ever find Tequila and Benetti. Oh, I'm gonna try. I am going to do my darndest to find this now. Absolutely. I would suggest you watching a show called Ultramaniac. That one is super cute. It is an anime. It's super cute. And Yuri Lowenthal is in that one. Sweet. Um, and I also encourage you, speaking of Yuri Lowenthal, to watch, if you haven't yet, an anime feature film called Paprika that I directed the uh, English yeah. voices of. Yeah, I've seen Paprika. Okay, good. Yeah. Everyone that is that movie. Yeah, that is actually on our list for our anime series in May. Oh, so Peprik is on that list. Fantastic. Okay, so going back, well, let's, let's stay with uh, Miraculous. So I take it you're a fan as well as a uh, as a director. Um, I think I am more of a fan of the fandom. I obviously love the show, but the fandom is on a whole new level, and I cannot compete. Yeah, it is It is a ridiculous fandom. And I try and, you know, doing what I do every pretty much every day for this podcast, looking at new stuff, and there's a huge fandom for, you know, shows like Star vs. Forces of Evil and Steven Universe, but the Miraculous fandom is ridiculous. It's amazing. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so good. It is so good. The talent out there, Josh... With the fan art and the edits oh, and man. the cosplayers and the videos, it's just so amazing to be a part of and to watch. I am very much a fan of the fandom. I love the show, but I love to celebrate the show with the fans, which is one of the reasons I love to go to conventions and to host panels um, for anything Miraculous related. It's just so fun to be in that giant hug did you have a uh, favorite episode that you directed this year that was like this is this was the episode that was really fun to do it was crazy everybody was clicking this was your favorite episode to uh direct wow. this year. i tell you there's there this season two has been so much stronger uh in terms of what we can do with the characters and building their relationships closer together um mm -hmm. I think, you know, the the level of closeness that we see the love square with, you know, Adrian and and Marinette and Cat Noir and Ladybug, where they where they actually like dance and hug. I think it's the collector where there's a party and they dance at the end and you see Marinette rest her cheek 
on Adrian's shoulder. I when I saw that, I'm like, the fandom is going to flip out. They are go. I, and th- that's really what makes me most excited is when I get to see something and I know. Oh no, it's called Despair Bear, right? They're yeah, it's Despair Bear. Despair Bear, right? Thank you. Um, when they are when they are going to see something and they flip flip out about it, or like when when um, when uh, I, I don't remember what the pairing is, but it's in Prime Queen when they're in the subway and they sort of you know hug on to each other. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to flip out. The interviews on that, sh- you know, on the early part of the episode where Prime Queen is trying to get her ratings up there and mm-hmm. they're talking about, you know, are they a couple, are they not a thing? I'm like, oh, they're going to freak out. So, you know, I love those episodes. But my favorite one so far in season two um, is one I cannot speak about because it has not been released. Gotcha. But the second favorite that I can speak about is the uh, Andre the ice cream uh, <laughs> the ice cream matchmaker? Um, I thought that was so clever how they put together the um, those little ice cream concoctions. And I think you know what, honestly, Josh, I think that came from like the fans making different cat noir ladybug themed beverages and milkshakes and you know ice creams. I think it was directly from the fandom. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. There was a there's a lot of these things because I'm gonna go ahead and admit it. I read a lot of that fan fiction because I'm I'm really a 14 year old. Yep. So inside at least. So like I read a lot of those fan fictions and just watching this season, I was like, there's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. That like like whenever uh, Cat Noir visits Marinette on her balcony, that is in almost every single fan fiction yep and it didn't happen in season one happened in season two and i was like i gotcha yep i see what you did there i that i I get it not only that i mean there is there i mean you talk about the balcony scene and then people are going crazy for the umbrella yeah those are very very popular in the fan fiction um so remember how i said that there was this one role and it was labeled photographer and i just wanted matt mercer to do it Mm-hmm. Well, when we were doing, I think it was the episode Prime Queen, or it might it was in that first batch of three that we got. So it could have been Despair Bear, or it could have been Prime Queen. I'm not really sure which one it was, but there was a character, and it was it just simply said Bender. So, and I saw that it. Oh, oh, I know which one it was. It was the one with um, Marinette's aunt that comes to visit. Oh yeah, uh, or whatever. Shoot. Uh, what is the name of that one? I'll tell you in a second. It is. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to get my internet going. Yeah, I'm trying to pull things up. It's Bifana, but I don't know the name that she turns into. That's probably the name of that episode. Yeah, the name of the episode is Bifana. Uh, oh, it is. Okay, so yeah. Bifana, great. Yes, when Grandma comes to visit, uh, and then there was an ice cream vendor there, right? And mm-hmm. that was the first time we ever saw the ice cream vendor. It just said vendor, and it was just one line. And I said, I'm going to go in there, and I'll just do that one line. We don't have to call in a whole other actor for it because it's just this one line. Let me just go in there, and I'll do it, which is essentially how I also started to voice the role of um, Adrian's bodyguard, the gorilla. 
because he doesn't have any lines, but he needed to. He, make... he also doesn't have a name. It, he goes by Gorilla. In, I know. It's, right? it's sad, though. He should have a real name. <laughs> yep. He should have a real name. It's probably something like Serge or something, right? He looks very, like, sort of Slavic. Big Serge. Sergio. Anyway, so I went in there and I did um, that one line for the vendor with an Italian accent, you know, to give him a lot of heft and, you know, joy and, oh, hello, this is a heaven ice cream, that kind of thing, right? And then mm -hmm. we get the next batch, and then I find out that the vendor is actually the character that got akumatized, and not only that, but he has a song to sing. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> So that was a challenging episode, and that was super duper fun to do. One of my favorites for sure, because we had oh, to nice. work on the song. The song itself took almost two hours. Really? Yeah, because we had to translate it a little bit, and then we had to put the words in the right meter so that we could sing the translation, and then we had to find lip sync for it, and then you know, and then we had to like. We had to stop and rewrite things to rewrite rhymes. It was uh, it was a lot of work just for that song, and I hope that the fans like it. I hope it turned out okay. Oh yeah, it was a it was one of those where I had seen you know it had been spoiled on Tumblr for ages. Uh huh. But like going and watching it and just seeing uh, Andre and all these little. Just like just randomly yeah. throughout the season, yeah. I thought that was a really good payoff. Like they introduce him barely, kind of like as a background character, and right. then he leads up to him being akumatized, which doesn't really happen unless you're part of like the class. That's I think the only other time that happens. Well, we have some weirder characters that are around town. You know who I'm waiting to get akumatized is um, Alex. No, Alec, Alec. The TV show host, the bald TV show. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, we. He's not been akumatized yet. Yeah, we did a. Uh, me and uh, my friend Hannah, we did an episode, like a, a full spoiler episode, where we broke down every episode. Oh fun! And and Wait at the end of it, where's that? Where would we find that? I want to listen to that episode. That is on um, our. I think part of it's unlocked. We had a little bit of a, you know. A skippage issue with our internet so I think like half of it's on unlocked so you can actually see us um, or if you want to listen to the whole thing it's on our iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean our website animationstationpodcast.com all of it's everywhere so on basically anywhere that you can you know download a podcast if you search Animation Station Podcast it's our last episode awesome alright I know a lot of people that will want to hear that episode and probably download it from Animation Station Podcast. Yes. Okay, got it. Uh, but, but yeah, we were talking about who hasn't been akumatized yet. Like, of, of the characters that we see pretty much every episode, who's not there? And the only ones we thought of was there was the, the one teacher whose name I can't think of. Mendeleev. Um, yeah, and then there was Madame Boussier, which that kind of got spoiled for us about Madame Boussier. And then we were like, who else is out there? But, yeah, I completely forgot about the, the TV show host. Yeah, TV show host, Alec. And and, the, and then the Dupin Changs and, yep. I guess, Natalie. Natalie has not been, Natalie's right? Still Natalie good. has not. That's a good point. And, uh, uh, no, Maya Bourgeois. 
We haven't seen if Marinette or if Adrian would get akumatized. And I know that... Yeah, that would be interesting. ...in the fan fiction. Uh, has Mayor Bourgeois been... He's, has he been akumatized? Mayor Bourgeois has not been akumatized. Okay, so he's another one. He has not, although the waiter has, and that turned into Despair Bear. That was yes. crazy. That was a great episode. Oh that, my God. That, I, I, think, I think I said that was probably my favorite this year. That one was... To see him inside the bear it would it had like a steampunky quality to it i love yeah and yeah it's it was yeah overall like we both thoroughly like we enjoyed last season but we thoroughly enjoyed this season because it feels like they got an increase of budget yeah so everything looked a lot smoother yeah um there was a lot more texturing and shadows the hair still looked phenomenal yep and that's a that was a big thing that we talked about before so, I mean, yeah, that was, I mean, yeah, I've so far, like, from what we've had, so part one of season two that's come out, voice acting, top notch. Awesome! So, you guys have been knocking it out of the park. We've got some great new voices and characters for you to hear, so I'm definitely excited about it. Because every episode, essentially, almost every episode, we need to, there's some new character, like, even if it's... Okay, well, there's the character Sarah, who was the manager. We have not had Jagged Stone get akumatized. We haven't had Penny get akumatized. We haven't seen the alligator get akumatized. Uh, Jagged got akumatized. Oh, yeah, you're right. He was a guitar villain. Guitar villain, you're right, my bad. But we haven't seen Penny get akumatized. This is true, yeah. Uh, so, yeah there's still the, yeah, there's still a lot of people... There's there, well not a lot but there's a small oh Luca small <laughs> Luca will be next Luca will be next Luca will be Gosh, next I hope not <laughs> oh but just think of how cool his his outfit will be yeah his hair will be even cooler looking what do you think about Luca and what is your feelings on the fandom's response to Luca. Oh my gosh, Tumblr is ridiculous. It is full of Luca. It's all LucaNet or whatever it's they're calling it now. Mm-hmm. I, like, don't, I, like, I don't have Tumblr, so I don't even know. How oh, to look don't into don't that. go down there. It's a it's a slippery slippery slope. Yeah. Don't, well, there's you don't want to get you don't want to get bombarded. There are two things, Josh. I have not gone down. I haven't gone down the Tumblr, and the other one, I stepped into Amino for a second, and I had to jump out immediately. I got overwhelmed. Yeah, it's yeah, the social media world is who and like I like I said early, the miraculous fandom is intense. Yep. They love Luca and I'm so happy they do. I, I'm happy they do because uh the fandom that I most the majority of the fandom that I connect with, they are listening to it in English. So if they're mm. loving Luca and they're loving the way he sounds and how he feels as well as how he looks, obviously. It feels like, you know, it's a, it's a nice collaboration of it all. But honestly, it all comes down to that Zag animation, which is so beautiful. Yeah. Now, so going with, uh, going back to your question, like, how do I feel about Luca? Luca's great. He's a cool character. He needs to stay away from Marinette. Yeah. But, but, you know, as a character, yeah, he's, he's fine. I like, I like that, that he's, you know, Julka's brother and everything like that. Like how they have matching hair. Yeah. Do you think that Luca is into Marinette, or do you think Marinette was into Luca? 
man, we talked about this on our episode. Oh, um, then we'll listen. Uh, I'll download it. Oh no, I mean it's 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 fine. Um, yeah, it's one of those. I think there's, you know, mutual because when she talks to other guys, like I, I've noticed, like when she has to talk to other guys, Christina does a really good job of like where she stutters and everything like that, trips over her words, but. I mean, uh, when she talks to other guys, she doesn't do that. It only happens when she's talking to Adrian and now to Luca. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of something there. Yep. I think there might be a little something there. She looked like she got a little flush in the cheeks. She did. Yeah. But all you turn traitor. She's been she's been shipping Adrian and Marinette this whole time. Yep. Then she's like, oh, what do you think about Luca? And it's like, girl, stop. Whoa. Yep. Come on, Alia. What if Chloe jumps in and all of a sudden takes Luca away? I don't think Chloe will do that. I think she's only got eyes for Adrian. I think you're right. Fair enough. She, she's time. got those. A, she's got those Adrian eyes. She sure does. Adrians. <laughs> so, do you have uh, any sort of? Uh, so, I mean, as the voice director, you do have um, you know your inputs. Do you, if you want somebody to do something like uh, like a high pitch like that, like an Adrians? Or if somebody needs to say something a certain way, do you coach them a lot in how to do that? Or do you let them kind of, you know, do like a free will type thing? Say, hey, this is what I I want to happen, and then go? Or do you coach them on exactly how you want it to go? Uh, That does – I do a little bit of both. So um, all of the magic that you hear, the things that stick like Adrikins and stuff like that, those Mm – those are all things that come from the actors. That's all inspired and magic that all belongs to them. Um, sometimes I'll say, you know, here's something that I have in mind, but then I'll say, you guys, you guys do something different with it now. Now that now that I got to hear my version that I was curious about, you let me you guys take it away. Let me hear what you want to do with it. And by far, those are always so much better because it's invested in their creativity. So you know, they feel that there's more of a connection to it and it becomes their own signature. You know, it's like an athlete doing a dunk or having a bat flip or, you know, it's like that's how, that's what I do when I do my best. So um, it's almost always belongs to the actor as a signature for the way they make their character sound. Kind of going away from Miraculous now. Okay. So what would be your dream project? So... Everybody comes over. Disney, Netflix, Marvel. Well, I guess it's the same thing. You're right. Uh, Nickelodeon, any cartoon network, all these places, they come over to you. You have free range to do, or reign, to do whatever you want. What is your dream project? It could be something brand new. You could redo something. What What is it Ezra wants to do? Wow, it's a really, really deep question. The uh, I would like to do more original animation because okay. that is that is even closer to the world of theater, even more so than than the way that I'm working now with voiceover actors in a dubbing situation. So uh, when we did when we did Zack Storm, we would do that as original animation where we were just recording. Um, are you still there? Oh yeah. Okay, great. We were just recording the uh, uh, the dialogue. Um, I think I would want to do. I'm kind. I'm really very curious to get involved in more um, of that uh, motion capture work because okay. I, um, you know, 
the work that Andy Serkis does with um, Planet of the Apes and Lord of the Rings. I love love that. I love puppetry and um, and animation, and I love putting theater together with all of those things. So you know, the kind of work that I would be more drawn to is not all the. I'm not interested in superhero movies like ever. Like nothing Marvel attracts me. Um, and Star Wars, I like okay, but I'm not like one of the crazy passionate Star Wars fans. I like it fine. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's not like I want to be a part of any big franchise and then like add to it. I think I'd rather be a part of something new and watch it develop and grow and gain success. Kind of like. Um, you know things have been things I've been doing with Zag Animation. That has been so rewarding um, and satisfying, and uh, I would like to keep on taking projects like that, and hopefully, you know, gaining more success, um, and that providing even more opportunities. Awesome. Yeah. Now, do do you have anything uh, upcoming that you're allowed to talk about? Yeah. I have uh, there's a show that's coming out on Netflix. It's for a mature audience. It is the second season of a very well received show called Three Percent. Oh, nice. Three Percent is a dystopian series, and it is intense. It's very intense. The music is intense. The characters are great. Um, it is uh, it's like a Hunger Games type of a thing. You know, where you got to pass a series of tests to move on, mm -hmm. show your worth and merit. Um, and season two is going to be coming out on April 27th. So if anybody watches 3% on Netflix now, then they won't have to wait very long like they did with Ladybug for season two to come out. And I'm right now, tomorrow in fact, tomorrow is my last day of recording 3% season two. And is it is it Brazilian? I know it's... It's uh, like what? What's the um, what's what's the country of origin for three percent? It is. It's from Brazil. It's, so it's all. It's Brazil. Okay. It's in Portuguese. You can watch it, of course, in English, or you can watch it, uh, you know, in the Portuguese original language with the subtitles. Um, I recommend watching either one. The show is that good. If you like to feel the tense pressure, uh, if you like lots and lots of plot twists, if you like looking at really. Um, good-looking people, uh, this is a great series. I'm very, very proud to be a part of it. Um, and I'm really proud of the work that everybody has done on it. In fact, you'll recognize some voices from other shows in there. I think you'll be able to pick up Hawk Moth is probably in there with Keith Silverstein. Oh, nice. Um, I definitely had Christina V in there, who's the voice of Ladybug. She's playing a character. Not a big one, she plays a supporting character, but you'll be able to hear her for sure. Um, and then there is a new project that I cannot speak about. It is original animation, and uh, I'll be working on that next month, and I'm really excited. Awesome. But next week, I go back into the studio, and I record three more episodes of Miraculous Ladybug Part 2 of Season 2. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome, but yeah, I yeah, I definitely say watch three percent for sure. I've only seen like the first two episodes, but it was very much like a like to me. I got a lot of like like you said, like a Hunger Games, but also like a the Island and Logan's Run type vibe from it. 
Very much Logan's Run. Josh, you are so on point with that. Yes, the <laughs> island as well, because the island is, you know, that utopia. And yeah. then, of course... It's Logan's Run light, that it's island. very Logan's Run light. It's like, here, it's time for Carousel, and you die. Oh, man. So, oh, this was this was super fun, Ezra. Now, where can... No, first of all, we, we kind of didn't... Uh, kind of skipped over it. You have a YouTube channel where you do a lot of interviews with uh, your voice actors. I do, and I also just do a bunch of silliness there, too. You know, even if it's just with my nephew, whose name is Jay... So our channel is called Ezray, half of my name, half of his name. It's better than just calling me easy. Nah, you could be the Easy Ezray Show. The Easy Ezray Show. Yes. Uh, and yeah, Second got, channel. We've got like 100 videos there. A lot of our videos that we've done there have uh, segued over to the Miraculous Ladybug YouTube channel where we have all of our fan art videos and where Jay and I open up some of the merchandise and play with the toys with some unboxing videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, just recently I did a couple of videos that were introducing Andrew Russell, who voices Luca, and uh, Erica Harlicker, who's doing a mystery voice yet to be um, seen, so you don't know who she is yet. And, and the fandom is just going nuts trying to guess <laughs> who they think she is. Nice. Want to tell? I don't want to say anything about it, like. <laughs> if they're right or if they're wrong, because it will just give them, you know, more fodder to jump in there and, you know, spread rumors around that are just completely false. So oh, whenever anybody comes up and theorizes about stuff, I stay silent. That's good. Yeah. That's that's the that's the best way to do it. Yeah. So Ezra, where can everybody find you on social media? My number one most frequented app is Instagram, and I love it, and I would love for everyone to um, jump on and follow me on my crazy days and adventures, not only in the booth, but with my family and also on my running adventures, because I love to run. Um, And my Instagram name is my name. It's E-Z-R-A-W-E-I-S-Z. And then, of course, the other place I encourage people to connect with me would be on Ezray, the YouTube channel you just spoke about. And that YouTube channel is E-Z-R-A-Y. And I think by now we should be the number one search when you type in Ezray in YouTube. Um, nice. And that is, I mean, I don't spend much time anywhere else. A little bit on, on Twitter, and if people are very Twitter-friendly, my handle there is at warmupguy because I do a lot of audience warm-up as well. Nice. And we'll put all of those links in our uh, show notes. So all you have to do is you know, pull up the show notes. You can click on those, and it'll take you directly to Ezra. Awesome. Please come to me. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at Animate Podcast, on Facebook, Vero, Tumblr, all the other stuff at Animation Station Podcast. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Ezra, this was super fun. And I we'll definitely it. have you on again because we didn't talk about Be the Beginning. And that is a show that had me from start to finish. And I definitely got to talk to somebody about it. Oh, gosh. I cannot wait. Thank you so much, Josh. I look forward to that. Perfect. All right. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. 
I'm Ezra. Excellent. I'm glad you caught on to it. Bye-bye, little butterfly. Bye-bye, little butterfly. Miraculous Ladybug!